Welcome to our Perimenopause What the F podcast, brought to you by the Perry community. In this podcast, your host, Rachel Hughes, talks everything, and we mean everything, perimenopause. She helps us navigate through all our What the F perimenopause moments and all, is this normal? Questions. Rachel talks with perimenopause experts, thought leaders, and inspirational voices of the community. To connect with other perimenopause warriors, download our free Perry app. You can find the link in our show notes. And now, let's dive right in. Hey everyone, this is Rachel of Rachel Hughes Midlife here with another episode of Perry Talks, where we like to deep dive into all things perimenopause and menopause, bringing you the science and the sisterhood. Welcome, welcome everyone. Today I am speaking with midlife influencer extraordinaire, Mimi Eisen, who I'm going to guess you already know and follow as her kind, joyous enthusiasm for movement has positively engaged thousands of people and encouraged a pro-age, pro-fit sentiment that is hands down contagious. I'm so looking forward to hearing how Mimi got started on this journey and learning who and what inspires her. For future episodes, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. And now let's get started. There she is. Hi. 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 Can okay, you hear me? Wait, okay. I'm just, um, I'm testing my equipment. Take your time. You sound okay. good and you look great. Oh, thank you. Wait. Okay. <laughs> so I can. Yeah. Okay. Rachel, can you, can you say something? I can say welcome Mimi Eisen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. That's better. Okay. Can you hear me? Okay. I can hear you perfectly. Hello. Okay. okay. Oh, so nice to see you in person. So How are you? you? I'm well. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Good, good. Thank you for joining us here oh, in the welcome. Perry community. Welcome to the Perry okay. community. All right. Um, can I say, okay, I have to say yeah, one thing. Please. So I've been listening to a lot of the Perry talks and uh-huh. I just, your, um, your vibe is just so beautiful uh, and warm oh, and um, <laughs> so I just you. I just needed to tell you that first oh so. I'm <laughs> it makes my heart swell thank you so much and I I might say uh, you know look uh there are some people I imagine feel like every time they meet someone new they hear the same things about themselves and I can't right. imagine that every person you speak with and every person who comments on your content isn't saying the same, you know, I love you so much and I love your energy and I love your enthusiasm and I love your messaging. And of course that's what spoke to me and why we really wanted to um, join you, have you come speak to the community and become a part of it. So so really, thank you. Um, I'm going to introduce you very briefly. I've, okay. I've said, I've said, I've said it all, but um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> welcome Mimi Eisen. Uh, she is a pro-age blogger, midlife movement inspiration, and I would say ultimately a real encourager, if that's a word, of others in midlife to seize the reins on their health, their joy, and their passions. Welcome again, Mimi, to the community. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. I, I, when I, when I prepare for these talks, I kind uh-huh. of like envision what I want to say and sort of how the conversation might go. And when I thought ahead to speaking with you, I sort of imagined three parts. So there's sort of like the part about launching something new, which mm-hmm. is is so much of a, a part of your conversation with others, um, combating aging and then fitness. So if we could start a little bit with the yeah. launching something new thing, I, if you could share with us, here's why I wanted you to, to share with us about this. There are so many of us in midlife, perimenopausal, menopausal, um, 
who have a passion or a desire or uh, kind of like an itch to get to something yeah. we never tried and we've wanted to be, you know, we wanted to focus on. And a lot of it's fear. A lot of it's like, I don't know how to get started. And you've talked about this and here you are, you know, many, many thousands of followers later and you say, um, I like started my account and then I backed off for a year, yeah. I think two years, maybe. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah. So if you could speak into that sort of your path to your, your, your feed, um, to date and, sure. and, and expand on that a little, I would love to hear. Well, okay. There's, um, I was listening to a podcast and interview with the surgeon and writer Atul Gawanda. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you say his name. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he was asked like, what, advice has someone given you like what great advice has someone given you and he said that well someone told him up until the age of 40 say yes to everything mm -hmm. and after 40 say no so up until the age of 40 when you're younger you don't really know what you're going to be good at and what you know actually energizes you and things like that well I did the complete opposite I said <laughs> no <laughs> to everything <Yes. laughs> I'm listening. I'm thinking that is not at all what I did, but okay. <laughs> I said no to everything when yeah. I was younger out of, you know, all the things, insecurity, yeah. fear, self-consciousness, just, you know, not living up to what people expect of you and all those things. So I, I said no to quite a bit as a younger person. Mm -hmm. um, and it's only after turning 50, I guess, mm. is when I sort of decided, okay, well, here we are, mm. <laughs> your second act, mm -hmm. right? Third quarter, however <laughs> you want to describe it. Mimi, and can I pause you just for a yes. moment? I'm so sorry. I just wanted to ask anyone joining us on the call to just mute yourselves, if you wouldn't mind. Hold on, what's that? Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Okay. Yeah. No, my, my, my cat had pushed the door open. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we love cats. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, you can call it whatever you want. Fixed mindset. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I had opportunities when I was younger and basically said no to, to, to everything. Yes. And so now that, um, like I said, around age 50, I, you know, the runway ahead of you is shorter than behind you mm -hmm. for most of us. Mm -hmm. And that really changes your perspective on things. And as you get older, things happen, right? Things change, your body yeah. changes, your parents get older, you know, loved ones pass away. Like things, things, you know, really earth shaking things happen. Yeah. And then yeah. you really have to kind of take stock and figure out, okay, well, what do I want? What do I want? from here because I think it's very common especially for women through middle age you're taking care of everybody else mm -hmm. and probably taking care of yourself last you're not really prioritizing yourself and so mm -hmm. um maybe around when I was around um 55 I think is when I sort of thought okay I really need to prioritize myself at this point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mimi, I'm listening mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if you had regret at all about saying mm -hmm. no to so much for so long, or if it just sort of felt like, okay, you know, I'm very clear about that's, mm -hmm. that's what was, and I'm looking towards the future and I'm going to change things now. Oh, no, sure. You know, if I'm being honest, yeah. I mean, there are definitely things that I, I, I don't know if regret is the right term, but mm -hmm. I wish I had had more knowledge, more confidence, whatever it was that was missing yeah. to be able to be, you know, more open and expansive when I was younger, but I wasn't, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's just, that's just how, how it is. So all I can do now is change what I do going forward for the better, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just learn from, from your past, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of wasted time in my past, which mm -hmm. that would be a regret because 
at this point now, you know, time, time is everything. It's health everything. Yes. Yeah. Health and time to me is health everything. and time is everything. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Um, so, so at around 55, mm -hmm. maybe later you tell, you tell mm -hmm. me when you decided I'm going to start talking about aging, fitness, health, wellness. It's all kind of an accident really. So I would say after 50 is when I started to have some physical issues, just things, you know, one after the other started mm -hmm. happening. I think it started with, um, I had bone spurs in my hips. So I was having some pain in my hip and then I had, um, a lot of back, you know, back issues. So, um, I have a herniated disc and degeneration, degeneration in my spine. And then I had, uh, plantar fasciitis. And then I oh. had, uh, you know, I was diagnosed with osteopenia and, mm. you know, all these things. And I had always thought of myself as being a so-called healthy person. Um, but, um, you know, after that and frozen shoulder and just all these things just start cascading. Mm. Um, but in 2018, the real turning point for me was when my mother passed away. Mm -hmm. And that was, you know, really changed everything for me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's when I really thought more about, again, time and um, regrets I had about what I did and didn't do with my mom. And, uh, and I think a lot of things just came to a head. I was kind of burnt out on work. My daughter was graduating from high school that year. And so I left my job that year. And that's when I decided to spend time on, on myself and, uh, and, uh, sort of figure out the whole middle-aged thing that I was in the midst of. And so I was just, you know, looking around, reading things, listening, looking for resources. And it didn't really feel like I found something that was really speaking to me and what I wanted on a day-to-day -day basis, you know, sort of actionable things that I could do to make things a little bit easier. Right. So, you know, I learned about things like, um, you know, um, sarcopenia, right? The loss of muscle, lean muscle mass that starts when you're age 30 or a monovision where I have with contact lenses, I have um, near vision in one eye and far vision in the other. So I don't need to use reading glasses. So yeah. like little things like that. And I started telling mm -hmm. my friends, I thought, well, maybe I'll just write this stuff down and just share it. So I thought, okay, I'll start a blog. And when I did it, I, um, I'm a, I'm a pretty, uh, I'm not that open, right. I don't put myself out there in that way. Right. And I thought, well, you know, let's just try doing this. And so I created all these distractions to not do it. So I bought a course and then I <laughs> bought another course and I never finished any of them. And then, um, like, okay, Rachel, if you go online right now and just look, you know, Google how to start a blog. You could get a blog up in one oh, afternoon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I okay. Did the same so, thing. I did yeah. This you can resonate. Yeah. 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 Uh, so months mine took two, mine took two years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two years. <laughs> I so get it. I do. I, I absolutely get this. Yes. It yes. took two years. Yeah. Because of all the reasons why now the design's not right. Oh no, this is not right now. And I like, but it was just all distractions. Right. 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 To stop it. But Mimi, were you, were you all this time? Were you also still like fitness is yeah. your, your thing yeah, you know, as yeah. we, as we come to know you, we know that that's what you're communicating to us. Were you always engaged in, in fitness and personally, you know, while you were sort of like mm -hmm. not working on your blog, were you actually working out? Well, I've been, I guess, you know, active. Yeah. my whole life. When I was younger, it was mainly for aesthetics, mm -hmm. honestly. Mm -hmm. um, as I got older, it's more for, you know, health span. Mm -hmm. And so I've always done something, you know, there were dips and, you know, ups and downs and I do one thing and then I switch to another. Right. Um, but what I found was um, what I was doing when I was really, really busy. And like I said, you know, working a lot was, oh, I take a class 
two or three times a week. And I thought that was enough, mm-hmm. but I wasn't moving throughout the day. I would basically plant myself at a desk for hours and hours. I would never get up, even if I had to pee really bad, like I just mm-hmm. wouldn't get up on the desk. Mm-hmm. And so what I realized later was, you know, two or three hours a week is really not going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time I was really, you know, my fuel was caffeine and sugar and that was no good. So even though I was sort of fooling myself and feeling like I was healthy and, you know, my annual checkups were okay and all that. Mm-hmm. I, it, it's, it just, I could feel that it wasn't working. Right. You know, cause I was sort of dependent on again, the caffeine and all that just to get through the day. And so, so I, you know, I made some switches. I was lucky, you know, I, I have a spouse and, you know, was able to not work. Um, so I know I'm really lucky to be able to do that. So I got on, I don't know, just a more regular routine started. I had more time to cook, you know? Yeah. And um, so all of those things, I don't know, like it's really working for me and I, I feel much better than I did years ago. I feel stronger now. I feel like I have more energy now and you know, but it just sort of, I guess it just sort of happened really. I mean, the Instagram thing just happened. There was yeah. no plan. There was no strategy. There was no, there yeah. was nothing. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm wondering, as I'm listening to you, I feel like maybe one of the answers, I, I feel like I might guess what it is, but if, uh-huh. if you had to, if you had to share with, with this community or any, any person in midlife who said, Mimi, how did you do it? How did you mm-hmm. pivot from one thing to the other? And this has become such a success. I feel like one thing you might say is, well, just do it right. Like just, just get to it, whatever it is maybe I'm wrong, but what are three things you might Mm -hmm. advise or can't counsel or share or encourage another who's really kind of like, you know, maybe, maybe not feeling especially driven to talk about something, but you know, feeling enough, like I want to sort of open space, uh, for, for something that's been on my mind. Yeah. I mean, I get that question a lot and Mm. I don't think there's an easy answer. It might seem like there's an easy answer. Just, you know, start something, just get out there, just do it. That's an easy answer. It doesn't work for everyone. I think um, people are complicated. I think uh, lives are complicated. So some people just might not be ready and that's totally okay. Um, And if you're not ready, maybe there's something there that's that's creating some resistance and Mm. that might take some other kind of work to dig in and figure out what that resistance is, you know? Um, But if you are ready and you're having a hard time, I would say to probably get, just, you know, have a conversation with yourself and get really honest. So whether that's, you know, writing it down or, or whatever you need to do, um, I've been in a lot of groups talking to women in middle age. It's a very, very common, I'm not going to call it an issue, but it's a very common question. You know, how do I do it? How do I get started? That just seems to be a really, really difficult hmm. thing. But I would say if you get honest and really understand if your excuses are lies or are they distractions, I think that's a good start because if they are, then you can just push that out of the way again, try to dig in to figure out what your resistance is. But if you just sort of keep creating these distractions for yourself, I don't think you're going to get anywhere. Um, I would also say you don't need to know exactly what you want to do Mm. and to allow yourself to make so-called wrong decisions. Uh, I hear that very often from women who say, well, I, you know, I can't, there's so many things I want to do, or I, I can't choose the right one, or there is no right one. Just again, if you're ready, choose something, choose something because action is everything. If you just do one thing, whatever it is, it's going to lead to something else. Right. You know, just being on Instagram led me to meeting, you know, all kinds of really yeah. phenomenal people. It led yeah. me to being here with you. Yeah. I mean, who in the world, I would never would have thought <laughs> this know, ever, ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so, 
you just don't know where it's going to take you. You don't need to know. You just don't need to know. Um, I think another helpful thing, at least for me, this is my big motivation, is to have a really earth-shaking why in terms mm -hmm. of fitness and health and things like that. So when I'm de decades from now, I want to be mobile. I want to be strong. I want to be able to carry groceries. I want to be able to put my luggage in the overhead compartment. I, you know, I want to be able to do those things. Now, we know how life is, right? It goes sideways. Things can happen. Obviously there's no guarantee, but why not, you know, minimize the risk, I, I, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then I have this exercise called the two column exercise mm -hmm. in one column, you just write down what you want to do. And the other column, you write down how you can do it. And there's no third column where you could just say why it's not going to work. You just eliminate that piece. So then you actually can see that you can figure it, it it's, it's doable. Mm -hmm. You know, you figure out the ways it can be doable and that's not easy because that requires change that requires thinking in a different way that requires getting out of your regular routine. So I'm not saying any of these things are easy. Obviously they're hard because a lot of people really have a tough time with this, but actually, I, I think this is one of the most honest answers to this question I've ever heard, because it actually isn't very easy. And it's so honest to recognize we're all very different, how we operate, how we come to any particular task or goal or desire are all individual. But also I'm listening and I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know that, that people don't always sort of allow room for perimenopause and menopause to be impacting how they're doing, how they're feeling, how motivated they are, how focused they're able to be. We sort of cherry pick that piece a bit. Mm. Oh, I'm having trouble at work or, you know, I just don't feel like doing this, that, or the other. But I think that we don't maybe give ourselves enough credit or grace maybe to, to sort of say, you know what, I'm really having a hard time wrapping my mind around doing some of these things because I just am in this season of life right. that is truly impacted <laughs> by my hormones among among other things, but it's a, it's a big one, but I it's love a big that. One. Yeah, it's it is. A big it's one. Really, it's a big it one. Very valid. I mean, there's something called the U-curve of happiness mm. where we're happiest at the beginning of our adulthood and life. And then there's this dip and then we get happier as we get older. And this is research oh, that's been that. looked at all over the world. But the dip is in midlife, mm. you know, right? Yes. So, that's so great. What a great illustration of what well, there's all is. these things happening then, mm -hmm. right? Perimenopause, menopause, you know, all mm -hmm. the things happening with their hormones. If you mm -hmm. have children, they're of a certain age, uh, your parents are getting older. There are so many things and they're all coming to a head at the same mm -hmm. time. So it's no mm -hmm. wonder. Yeah. It's no wonder it's yeah. happening. then. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that, Mimi. So I want to pivot if, if we could to combating ageism and that mm -hmm. sort of piece of your, of your content, um, you began your platform sort of as a way to explore all aspects of midlife stuff. And I'm quoting you here and along the way added a mission to upend ageist stereotypes that harm everyone. If you yes. would share with us some of what you had in mind when you wrote that on your website? Um, well, okay, there's um, a leading voice in the anti-ageism space. Her name is Ashton Applewhite. And she says okay. that ageism is rooted in denial. And if we believe in ageism, and we believe that aging is a problem, then markets are created, mm. right? That we need to be fixed or um, that there's something wrong with this natural part of life. And the interesting thing about ageism, unlike other prejudices, is that we're all going to become older right. and old if we're lucky. Some right. people don't have that gift. 
Yeah. Right. Um, so it's an interesting thing that if you're perpetuating it, eventually it's going to affect you. It's a very, right. very strange phenomenon, right? And it's so um, so much a part of our lives and our culture and our upbringing that it's normalized. Like you don't see people marching in the streets against ageism the right. way you do against yeah. other yeah. other isms. Yeah. And this is something that affects everyone. Uh, so hmm. it's a it's a it's a monumental issue. It's a systemic issue, and so. You see it everywhere in the workplace, especially in the interview process, right? Um, you see it in healthcare. You see it um, just cultural, culturally in representation. Uh, so, you know, I that I don't what the answer is. I don't know. I think it's sure. just too big. It's too monumental. But there are some things we can do. Um, just to even understand what it is, to be educated about it, to be able to call it out. And probably one of the biggest thing is to recognize self-directed ageism. And that's ageism that we create against ourselves. It's very, very common. So hmm. if you find yourself saying, oh, I had a senior moment, or I'm too old to do this, or I'm too old to do that, uh, I would say yes and no it, it could be true um i have degeneration in my spine that is age-related right or if you need reading glasses that's probably going to be age-related but i would say really before you say something like that you know is it really true i would say ask yourself that question because if you sort of automatically blame things on your age it's like you're creating a qualifier that maybe doesn't really make sense yeah like yeah. to me if you just automatically blame things on your age it's as nonsensical as blaming something on being left-handed or mm -hmm. because your favorite color is purple or you know because you're a middle child like to me that it doesn't make <laughs> sense it's like as right. nonsensical as that right so again it may be true and if it is that's that's fine but just be careful about how you talk to yourself about I things love like that, that Mimi and I I think it really sort of circles back to your quote upending ageist stereotypes that harm everyone I find many many moments where I have blamed things on that kind of like you know joking around oh mm -hmm. I'm just getting old oh you know that's because I, I, you know, I can't remember things anymore. And I catch myself now every time that comes out of my mouth. And it does encourage me to think about the message that it's giving to whoever I'm speaking with. So right. for example, every time I might say to my son, you know, or his girlfriend or anyone, you know, someone younger than me, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm losing it that's whether it's a joke or not almost becomes right. a side point because it's sort of giving the listener permission to then not only kind of um absorb that message but also perpetuate the message yes and, and that's really that's very interesting i think it's a really important point you make that's that's exactly it i mean you would call out some you know, you would call out people for saying something that's sexist or Absolutely, racist or all the time. Um, but why not ages? And again, it's 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 accepted on so many levels that we don't even recognize it a lot of the time. Like yeah. I said, it's a very interesting phenomenon. It's going to take a lot of work um, to really you know, turn, it's like a big ship. We're trying to turn around. No, I know. Is this something Mimi that you were always conscious of, or did this sort of grow into you as you grew older? Oh, hundred percent. No, I think it grows into you because then you suddenly feel it, realize it, recognize it. You see it, right. You start to, I mean, I always hear people say, oh, wow, I'm, I'm feeling invisible. I'm becoming invisible. You don't see yourself out there. You don't see yourself represented. Mm -hmm. And um, I think this is sort of the time when a lot of women in particular feel that. Now, you know, I was an Asian kid growing up in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. I was 
not represented anywhere. So in some ways, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of used to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, maybe I have a different take on things just because I grew up being sort of non-existent in the culture writ large. Mm-hmm. But um, so I have a different perspective, um, like uh, people in other marginalized groups. Mm-hmm. But um, definitely, I think it's kind of the thing, like you don't know it until you're in it. Like if you, you know, it's like if you had a child, like you don't know what yeah, having you a don't know like until yeah, you're in it. People, sure. people can tell you everything and throw the books at you, but you don't know, right? So this that's is how a I weird. About it. This is a strange question, but I, I'm, I'm thinking of your feed and your boxing, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering if something so physical and dynamic also helped usher in this sort of change of thought or awakening of thought about ageism in particular, because, um, you know, to do it, I've never taken a boxing class, Mm -hmm. but I imagine that to do it, you sort of have to dial up a lot of things, right? And you're releasing a lot of things and you're feeling, I can imagine, pretty empowered and pretty strong and pretty big, um, taking up a lot of space maybe. And I'm wondering if that has anything to do with this for you or no? Oh yeah. Yeah. How long have you been boxing? Um, almost nine years. Wow. And so I, I've written about this before because my coach Leon, um, at his gym glove works, he taught me very early on, uh, to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I have to say that philosophy helped me through a lot of midlife transitions when things get really uncomfortable and difficult. So I always say, you know, when I'm going to go to the gym and take one of these classes, I know it's going to be really, really hard. It's going to be really uncomfortable. And um, I'm, I'm almost like a little, I, even to this day, I've taken over 600 classes and I still feel a little nervous going into this class because I know it's going to be hard and uncomfortable. Can so, you unpack that a bit more, me? I think that's a really important point that that he helped you get comfortable mm-hmm. being uncomfortable, and that has mm-hmm. permeated other like what other yeah. what other aspects of well, of I have to say life? before starting this this you know this kind of fitness journey, um, I was the if you needed something, I was the girl who had it. I was the comfy girl. I had the um, dental floss and the tampons and the Kleenex and the, you know, whatever you needed. I had it in my purse. I always had to make sure Mm -hmm. I wasn't going to be uncomfortable. Comfort was everything to me. So Mm -hmm. just this concept of purposely being uncomfortable was very new and very different. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I could see the value in it because if you can go in and do this uncomfortable thing, and you come out okay, or even come out stronger, oh, well, I can do the next uncomfortable thing. And mm-hmm. I can do the next uncomfortable thing. And you know what? They're all coming. They're going to be coming. <laughs> yeah. Coming at you from the yeah. front and hard back and the sides. All the hard stuff is coming. And so, um, and you know what? It's really fun to punch stuff. I have to say. Is that, it? <laughs> yeah, Did that take a while it. to get into? Well, I had to say, I, I say that I didn't go looking for this class. This class came oh. to me, complete and total accident. I, uh, yeah, this was not, this was not my thing. This was not my kind of workout. I'd never done a burpee or a plank or anything like that. And I was at a gym taking this other class that the teacher couldn't come for some reason. I was at the front desk to get a refund. And the gal at the desk said, well, you know, they have this free class downstairs. You're already here. You're already dressed. Why don't you go do it? And I said, hell no, that is not me. And she said, no, 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 no. And she pushed me to try. She goes, first class is free. Go try it. The people down there are so nice. And I've seen this. I, at the time it was down in this basement and I've seen this basement like, no, no, no. This yeah, is, I don't want to hang out not, down there at all. Not yeah. for me. And um, so, you know, sometimes there are these moments you have where you have like less than a second Absolutely. to just say yes or no. Yes. And I don't know why, but I said, okay, yes. So I went down and I did, it was the hardest physical thing I had ever done before. And but in the ring, there were other women mm. punching and doing combos. And I saw them and I thought, wow, really? I wanted that. 
Wow. I want to do that. And that's what made me come back. That's amazing. And, and so that's what I'm hoping people see. Like in my feed, no one's supposed to try to be me. And sometimes people will say, oh, I want to be you. I was like, no, 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 no. Don't try to be me. That's not why I'm there. I want you to be you, but I'm just suggesting there might be something out there that you can try that might, you know, push you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, maybe I can help motivate you to do that. And there's all kinds of messaging out there that, you know, motivation is BS and it's not enough. And yes, motivation is just a start, but it worked for me. I saw those women in the ring and that's what made me come back again and again. And I know something is working. Like I get messages all the time from women who say, oh, I started walking because I saw you. You know what? I'm picking up weights because I saw you. Oh, I haven't taken a dance class since I was 10 and I signed up for one because of you. Oh, I'm 42. I'm not scared of getting older now. You know, these kinds of things are really the the purpose. Yeah. And, and I'm yeah. sure it keeps you going. And I have to say, Mimi, you, that is the message that resonates. I've never felt, um, from your content that you are saying, come be me. It's, it's quite the opposite. It's mm -hmm. absolutely step into what kind of turns you on, whatever that is. And here's all the different things that I do. And I'm going to share with you. Um, but I think the biggest thing that we all sort of, um, you know, are get from you is the joy and the fun that you're having and that, yes, it happens to be fitness, but this is actually, I'm really just having a good time doing this. And I want to show you, I want to show you I'm having a good time and, and yeah. hopefully inspire others to, to get moving. Um, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, certainly. It, is, it is fun for me. I'm, 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 I'm lucky in that I'm at that place where it's part of my routine and I yeah. do like to do it. Not every day. I mean, I'm human. Like, of mm -hmm. course there are days it's like, I don't want to do anything mm -hmm. um, like anybody else, but um, you know, I, I understand why, well, I don't know if I really understand, but I, I can see why it can be really, really hard for some people. I mean, I know people who hate exercise, like just hate it. Yeah. They just hate it and nothing's going to, change their mind yeah. as far as I can see. And that's, that's okay. I mean, I hope they find a workaround or something to be able to stay, you know, mobile and, and strong and all those things for their health, if that's what they want. Mm -hmm. um, it's not to tell anybody what, what to do, but because um, some people just they just, don't like, it, they just don't like <laughs> it. They just don't like it. They just don't like it. Yeah. They just don't like it. Mimi, I'm wondering, you, you talked about your why, which was actually one of my questions, which mm -hmm. I, I'm so glad that you touched on, but, and again, I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but being someone who is so inspirational, just out of like, because I'm kind of, I'm doing this anyway, and, and it's inspiring people. I'm, I'm wondering what you might say to somebody who's like, actually, I, I really need to get moving. I don't know what to do. You know, are there kind of um, maybe a few things you might encourage them to yeah. focus on versus not focus on? Well, from things that I've read, um, I believe it is best to start small, mm -hmm. not just small, but really, really, really small kind of why new year's resolutions end up in the trash because a lot yeah. of times people decide to do something that's really big and really difficult mm -hmm. and then they it's very easy to to um to give up on something like that so you know like the book atomic habits you know talks yeah. about you know doing things book. very 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 mm -hmm. small mm -hmm. so i think small is really helpful um I'm going to like, kind of, this is something that just happened this week. And I, I thought it was really interesting because I, um, so I had an echocardiogram hmm. yesterday or the, the day before. So my doctor had detected something that she wanted to check out in my heart. And there is history of heart disease in my family. So I had an echocardiogram. It's a, um, it's basically an ultrasound for your your heart. And so I didn't really know what to expect, but I'm lying there in the room and the technicians there. And 
it takes 30, 30 or 40 minutes. It's really long, mm. but I can see the screen and I can see my heart mm. and I can see my heart beating. It was mm. awesome. It was really amazing. And like in that moment, I'm just looking at that and thinking, wow, look at her Aww. working so that hard me for me. Yes. 24-7. She's yeah. out there and she's working hard for me and my heart and my body and all the systems, they're all doing all those things mm. for me. And I think it's very easy to think about all the things that are changing or the frustration or the, you know, the stuff that's really, you know, kind of sucks, right, in your body. It's really easy to focus on those things. And those are real and those are valid and those are happening. But when I saw that, I just thought, oh, damn, I just, you know what, I'm respecting her. I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take care of her the way she's taking care of me. And, um, and I think that was just a really good eye-opening way for me to kind of add to add yes. to my why, you know? Ugh, I love that. I really, really do. You had this impactful moment with your body, right? My the, body. My, one of the most important, yes. the most important organ going on. And um, yeah, that you kind of had, I, I, that really speaks to me too, because I've had moments like that myself, where I've just sort of had this awareness of what's happening kind of outside of my emotions or outside of my, you know, whining or complaining or whatever it was that this is all in motion until it's not functioning as this perfect machine and I can help it or I can hurt it and I, or I can speak poorly about it to it, or I can speak in favor of it. And I I think that's a really sort of pivotal moment. If we can have it, um, if we haven't had it to date, if we can have it in midlife, it certainly can change the, the, the trajectory, maybe the perspective. Um, Oh, I love the way you put that, Rachel. Thanks, Mimi. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have another question for you. Okay. You share about, you share body resistance moves, you share Mm -hmm. balance moves Mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a couple, one or two, whatever sort of comes to mind for you about each of those, what, what we might in, in taking this, this notion that you, that you shared this idea of starting really small and let's say, you know, someone can go, all right, well, I'm going to focus on balance. That feels small. It feels like I don't have to worry too much about working out in the way that I, I know to think about it. What can we do about that? What can we do about body resistance? I have to say that of all the physical changes that I've noticed, balance is the thing that I really felt more of a decline than in almost anything else. Really? And so, um, you know, I'm no, I'm no expert. I'm not a, a trainer or, or expert in, in body mechanics and things. So, you know, I can't say for sure what helps balance specifically, sure. but I do work on balancing exercises, whether it's, um, you know, I mean, yoga sometimes, or if I'm doing um, even strength exercises that are on one foot, um, I brush my teeth on one foot at a time. So I, my toothbrush is a two minute toothbrush. So I'll stand on one foot for one minute and then the other (laughs) for one minute. I know it sounds a little goofy, but um, (laughs) no, no, it's smart. And it's like, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's using your time wisely. Right. And it's not, I mean, it's not easy for me. It's not easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And um, I think it just comes back to use it or lose it. Yeah. Again, I'm no expert, so I can't really say for sure um, how you can improve your balance. I feel like using it is what I'm going to do. And, um, but yeah, that's, that's the one thing that I can really feel uh, some decline in. And, you know, we know that one of the um, risks uh, for people who are older is falling. Mm-hmm. And if you fall and you, I think if you break your hip, um, you know, the, it's, it's a, it's a, it can, can be a very life. bad situation. Yeah. It can shorten yeah. your life. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and weights, you are mm-hmm. 
a a believer in of, of weights and encourage, encourage people to be lifting okay 100 percent um yeah i mean i want to stay strong i hope everyone will want to stay strong strong and mobile um in the future and that's that's why i i mean i like it too but mm -hmm. that's why i do it and again we do know that we do start to lose um you know, lean muscle mass after age 30. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's just to counter that, you know, the best that I can. And um, yeah, so I would say if there's something to do out there, I mean, walk and lift weights. Okay, great. Again, not as an expert, it's just what I think yep. really works. I listened to your um, Perry talk with Susan Nevergal. Nevergal, yeah. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you are. Yeah, and uh, so I like I follow her and I yeah. love her content. And you're yeah. right, her shoulders are the bomb. Yeah. And if uh, <laughs> if you want more info on uh, on strength training, I think she's a really great resource. Yeah. Thank you for that. I love I you know this yeah. is a sidebar, but I really appreciate about you, Mimi, that you share so many others who are meaningful to you and the, the work that yeah. you do. I, I think that's a really um, lovely thing to do. Now, before we close up, I, I remembered from an email, recent email correspondence we had that you commented that you wish you had a platform like this when you were going through perimenopause. Oh my gosh. I didn't know what was happening and, yes. and all of that. And I'm, I'm sort of reflecting back on our you know, last 45 minutes or so. And I'm yeah. wondering if you could expand on that a little bit, what, what you didn't know, what you learned if ever, yeah. um, and, and sort of how you think you best managed or didn't manage your perimenopause journey. Well, I knew nothing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I knew nothing. I mean, nothing. Yeah. And I had had uh, female doctors and OB-GYNs for decades. Mm -hmm. Not a single one talked to me about perimenopause or menopause. Not a single one asked me questions about how was, I was doing. Not a single one guided me in any way. I knew nothing. Were you symptomatic, and, Mimi, in any way? Um, you know, I have to say that looking back, I feel like there were things that are now explained, mm. right? That I didn't know at the time. Um, and so I think back at some, like sometimes, um, you know, my, my heart would be racing mm. or sometimes, um, you know, I had like some issues with sleep. Um, I do remember, and I, I didn't have a lot of hot, hot flashes or hot flushes, but I do remember the first one I had, and like, this is, this is an example of how little I knew I was at the gym. I was on a machine and I had one, I had never felt it before. Right. So I started to just kind of feel the whole heat coming down from my head and to my body. And I thought, well, this top is brand new. <laughs> it's making me hot. <laughs> yes. yes. That's yes. what I, I attributed it to was yeah. the new top because I knew so little. Mm. Um, so I would say looking back, I'm thinking, well, maybe that's what that was. I have to say, I didn't have a lot of hot flashes or a ton of symptoms. Um, I definitely uh, wish I knew that everything was going to dry up, mm. right? So my skin and my hair yeah. and dry vagina and dry eyes. Like I was at the eye doctor. So your eyes are dry. My eyes are dry. Like literally turning into potpourri. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had known about yeah. some of those things and yeah. how the decline in hormones affected bone density and all these things. Like, I wish I had known um, to maybe try to take some preventative measures, whether or not those could have done anything or mm -hmm. been anything or um, understood HRT or, you know, I didn't know anything. And so I'm kind of disappointed in the system. Yeah. Um, and I think I heard the term perimenopause. It's probably in my forties when I heard the term, but all I understood was it was probably around 10 years, the time, you know, 10 years before you go through menopause. That's mm -hmm. really all I, I knew. That's why I think a platform 
like Perry and some of these other, um, you know, companies, womanists and stripes and all these things, you know, and doctors are out there just talking about it and women are talking about it and finding support like they're finding here. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's really fantastic because, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely wish you around. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> interested when, you know, I find it curious too, to hear from women, some of whom said, you know, some of who've said, I, I, I didn't know. And I, I pretty much just kind of coasted through, or I didn't know when it was terrible. And now I understand mm -hmm. what was going on, but just sort of how the experience of, of not knowing, I mean, in, in all things, right? Like we could be, I don't know, walking around with symptoms of something and find out it's something else. And you kind of are amazed at how your capacity to sort of get through um, right. in the unknowing, but I, that's not to say that not knowing is, is better. I'm just always really curious sort of how the experience well, was for people. I guess that's women for you, right? I think We're so. Strong as hell. I mean, I that Sunday so. New York times magazine article about menopause, you know, some of the argument in there was that, you know, women were left to suffer mm -hmm. and like the establishment was okay with that. Well, that's yep. not okay. And then, you know, again, it's like a, turning a big ship around and that yeah. ship is at least it's starting to steer in the right direction I think yeah maybe I I'm almost I'm I'm gonna let you go in a minute but I I hear that and I I think about um you know you being this in in the front of the ship sort of helping to kind of steer it in the right direction I'm wondering what you think and maybe, you know, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what might come to mind, what's missing in the conversation for you about aging in particular, or, um, you know, menopause or fitness mm -hmm. at a, at a, at, as we age, is there anything that kind of, you know, as you think about your content, you think, yeah, I really want to get into this. I don't think we're talking about it enough. Well, I don't think we're talking about ageism enough. And again, it is something that some people just don't even recognize. I mean, there is a stereotype about people as they get older. And, but the truth is, as we get older, we become more different than each other mm. than the same. But if you look at the representation, it's sort of, as you get older, they're kind of putting everyone into this box, yes. um, very stereotypical box. And so that's just part of the reason why I'm going out. It's like, no, that's not right. And, you know, saying my age out loud all the time is very purposeful because it's mm -hmm. to say, you know, when I hear 50 is the new 30, it just makes me, <laughs> it's just like makes me cringe because that's not true. Um, it's about redefining, you know, what, 50 or 60 or whatever is, you know, yeah. so people Thank understand. Thank you for saying that. It's so you know? true. Why is 50 the new 30? 30 can be 30, 50 can be 50. Right. And right. each looks, each is a complex time. Yes. Wherever you are. Yes. And there will be a day where we, again, I don't need to put that. I, hopefully I don't need to say this is what age I am, because hopefully we will see more <laughs> representation yeah, of all yeah. kinds of different people at different ages and, you know, respect that and um, just have exposure to it. And I think that's, we are lacking a lot of exposure. It's changing. I think I'm seeing a lot of things and people in this space, um, which is really great. But obviously, it's really just the beginning. There's so much mm -hmm. more to do. It's a lot of work to do. Thank you for that, Mimi. What What is next for you, if anything? Anything on the horizon you might want to share? You're thinking about, and where can people find you other than your Instagram feed? Hey, middle age. Um, I do have a blog. Uh, it's uh, heymiddleage.com. Yeah, it's a little sporadic. Um, I'm not on a regular schedule there. It's just kind of if I have something I want to say, I will put it out there. I actually wrote about um, 
I just did a post. I put it up yesterday about um, about Madonna and uh, kind of all of the chatter around uh, Madonna and um, um, who, by the way, is selling out her her upcoming tour, which is really yeah. interesting, you know, for all the the chatter and the haters and things. Um, so I'm there, but I'm most active on Instagram. And those are really the only two places I am and what's coming. I, I actually really don't know, Rachel, just yeah. kind of my oh, arms I love open. that. I so appreciate that. <laughs> no, I, Honestly, I have... like where you are is, is enough. And, no. but I just wanted to open it up to, oh, no, I literally have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> I, I think it's a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm here, my arms are open. Yeah. I'm open to listening to, you know, you know, opportunities that come my way. And again, you know, one of them was being able to be here with you. This kind of thing is really amazing say, for me and fantastic. And <laughs> Mimi, thank you so much. I have just had the loveliest, uh, I think we're, we're just about an hour with you. Um, you are as honest and kind and encouraging in almost real life as you are on your feed. And I, um, I, everyone should be following you if they aren't already, if for no other reason than just to really get um, a boost every single day. Um, and, and it's not all about fitness and it isn't all about aging actually it's seeing you living life and really kind of respecting where you're at and where anyone else might be as well well it's just again not to use age as as the qualifier like I remember talking to someone who was really just sort of like about turning 50 was this big thing about turning 50 and I understand there are milestone birthdays that are very meaningful and you sort of want to reflect on your life at the time but I said, well, you turned 50, but the day before you weren't 50, like what changed yeah, overnight? Right, Literally right. nothing. Literally yeah. zero changed overnight. But just, I think the mindset of, oh, I'm no longer in my forties. I'm now 50 because of, again, assumptions and stereotypes about people who are of whatever age yeah. is part of what contributes to that feeling of it being a disaster or a decline or going downhill or whatever you want to call it, but literally there was nothing different than the 24 hours before. There's no invisible line that's telling you that you can no longer do whatever, start a business, wear shorts, do a cartwheel, what, you know, whatever the hell you want to do. There's no line there that's telling you, you crossed it, you no longer get to do X, Y, and Z because of your age. That's just ridiculous, mm -hmm. <laughs> ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I, I agreed. And, um, I, I thank you. I thank you for leaving <laughs> us really with those, with those wise, simple words. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Mimi. It was just a pleasure. And I hope we get to speak again in the future. Um, oh, I would love to Rachel, anything and everything you would, you would care to, to, to share with us. Um, I, I really, I feel a little, uh, encouraged to try boxing. There's actually a place not too far from me. Really? Yes. And he has classes and he's a coach. And I mean, I just, I might walk in, I might walk in just to okay. kind of like, get the lay of the land and, and okay. feel the if vibe. you do, will you, will you message me and tell me how it goes? Because I will, um, I will send you a picture. Okay. Wait, yes. wait, wait. Okay. Maria <laughs> Luis in the chat said hitting something does sound, does sound good. It, it's I'm telling you, if you're not going to box, um, go to a batting cage or me do something. Just I don't meditate. I don't, away. clearly yeah. I don't meditate. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Really. She'll let us know what she hit. That's so, that's actually really an important point though, Mimi, that not everyone's going to meditate and, and there are options and maybe it's hitting something or someone. And so by all means do it. It is a stress reliever. It's a stress reliever. Uh, Rachel, I hope you give it a try. Let me know how it goes. Wow. Every boxing coach I've ever had has been lovely and supportive and amazing yeah. and awesome. I thank them all out there. So I hope mm -hmm. that the gym that's close to you is the same. 
I'm guessing they would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. I've seen him around. He's a lovely guy. He's a lovely guy. Okay. Um, Mimi Eisen, thank you again so much. Thank you guys who joined our call today. And um we will we will be seeing you. Hey middle age. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, all the lovely ladies of Perry. Oh, bye. Thank you so much. Bye bye, bye, bye. Thank you for listening to our Perimenopause What the F podcast. The perimenopause journey can be lonely and it doesn't have to be that way. Make sure to download our free Perry app to connect with perimenopause warriors in the same stage of life. See you next time, Perry sisters.